Good morning, America. Welcome to The Truth of the Matter. I'm Jake Fay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode, and thank you so much for joining us. I want to share some thoughts on critical race theory because I've been talking a lot about it over the past few weeks, and I want to address this question. Is critical race theory, can critical race theory be reconciled with Christianity? Because I know a lot of Christians are saying that racism is wrong, racism is evil, it is unbiblical, and that is very true. Racism is 100% evil. And so they assume, for those reasons, we should support critical race theory. And that's where a lot of people within the Christian community disagree. Most people within the Christian community, in fact, all people that I know personally and that I know of within Christianity would tell you that racism is evil, that God does not approve of racism, and it doesn't even make sense from a biblical perspective. If God created all people in his image, how would it make sense that some people are favored by God, that some people are better? It is, a, it is an evil idea, and it is totally against Bible. It is against Scripture. But how should we respond to the fact that it does, to some extent, exist within our country, and it has existed in the past? And a lot of people are saying that we need to turn to critical race theory. And we object, a lot of Christians, and certainly a lot of conservatives, object, but then there are those who push back against us, saying that we object only because we don't want to address these issues. We don't want to deal with racism. We don't want to acknowledge the fact that it is more prevalent in our country than we'd like to think. And so, how to respond to those people? Because often those people are people within Christianity that truly want to get rid of racism wherever it exists, as all Christians should, but we seem to have differing ideas on how that would work. And I actually think that critical race theory does not help. Critical race theory actually makes racism worse. It worsens the problem. And I know a, a lot of people would disagree with me on that. And so I want to outline the end result of critical race theory. The end result of the left's version of anti-racism. I am anti-racist in uh, the basic sense of the term, but not as the left anti or not as the left defines anti-racism. The left's definition of anti-racism is a lot more complicated and definitely something that Christians should not embrace openly. And so I want to read something. This, is, this was a prominent news story a few months ago, I believe, so you might have heard of it by now. But it is the prayer of a weary black woman. And I want you to note that this individual attempts to reconcile hatred for people because of the color of their skin, which is by, defini by definition racism. She attempts to reconcile that 
with Christianity. And this is the end result. A lot of people don't even try to reconcile it with Christianity. But this is the end result of combining critical race theory, of combining the left's version of anti-racism, of social justice with Christianity and biblical teachings. And I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. Off the top of your head, does this sound even remotely Christian? Does this sound at all like Jesus's teachings that everyone knows? All right, I'm going to read this to you. Dear God, please help me to hate white people. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Okay, we really don't need to go any further than that, but it does get worse. Praying to God to asking him to help you hate someone for the color of their skin. All right, that is racist. That is hateful, obviously. And yet, it is dragging God into that in a sense. Praying to God that he would help you do something that he has commanded us in his word not to do. Let me continue. Help me to hate white people or at least to want to hate them. At least I want to stop caring about them individually and collectively. I want to stop caring about their misguided racist souls to stop believing that they can be better, that they can stop being racist. All right, does this seem problematic to you? Again, this is filled with hate, and we should expect that because she is praying that God would give her hatred, which is problematic. But it is also filled with racism. She says at the end of this section that I just read, she says to stop believing that they can stop believing that they can stop being racist. In other words, because of the color of their skin, they must be racist. And some people think that the term racist, I'm going to define that, that the term racist or racism applies only to minorities, which traditionally it does. At least in most of human history, that has been true, that racism applies primarily to minorities. But I want to read the definition of racism to you. It is a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Keep that de definition in mind. Racism is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities. Sort of like she just said, that because people are race, they cannot stop being racist. Sorry, that because people are white, they cannot stop being racist. I'm going to continue with her prayer. I'm not talking about the, right, the white anti-racist allies who have taken up this struggle against racism with their whole lives. The ones who stand vigil for weeks outside jails where black women are killed who show up in Charlottesville and Ferguson and Baltimore, so on and so forth, to take a public stand against racism and police brutality, who are so committed to fighting white supremacy that their own lives bear the wounds of its scars. She seems to contradict herself here. 
She says, I want to stop believing that they can be better, that they can stop being racist. The very next sentence starts talking about white anti-racist allies. Either she's contradicting herself or saying even those people who do all of that, the white anti-racist allies, are doing it and yet they are still racist. They are doing all of this in spite of their racism. Either way, it doesn't make sense. No, those aren't the people I want to hate, she says. I'm not even talking about the ardent racists, either the strident segregationists who mow down nonviolent anti-racist protesters, who open fire on black churchgoers, or who plot acts of racial terrorism hoping to start a race war. All right, those people are in the wrong. Those people are evil. I'm going to say that. that. Those are not her words. But A, I, I haven't seen many of those people in America lately. I'm sure they exist. But I haven't seen many of them. B, I remember that Jesus said to love your enemies and pray for those which despitefully use you. And that message sounds a lot more familiar with the message of MLK, for example. She is talking about hating these people. All right, I don't think that can be reconciled with Jesus' commandments to love your enemies, pray for those that misuse you. Those people, she says, are already in hell. There's no need to waste hatred on them. Perhaps, however, you could make sure that they don't take the rest of us with them that their attempts at harming others are thwarted and that they don't gain access to positions of power. All right, so now we're getting to the real meat of her prayer, so to speak. Who does she want to hate? She started off by saying, Dear God, help me to hate white people, and then she's offering some nuances. She doesn't want to waste hatred on people that are openly racist or on people who are openly anti-racist. So there's a middle ground. My prayer is that you would help me to hate the other white people. You know, the nice ones. The Fox News-loving, Trump-supporting voters who don't see color, but make thinly-veiled racist comments about those people. First of all, this whole thing about nice racism, you know the author of White Fragility has a new book titled Nice Racism. And there's a premise out there that if you are a black person, there is a belief, I should say, that if you are a black person and you go into a grocery store, for example, and white people smile at you, they're just trying to overcompensate for their own racism and that they are not truly accepting you and that they're actually racist, but it is a nice racism. So she's talking about people that are nice, Fox News-loving, Trump-supporting voters who don't see color, but who make thinly-veiled racist comments about those people. Now, I can't necessarily say that I love Fox News, but I watch it more than any other news station, and I will venture to say, dare I say it, that I was a Trump supporter. I voted for Trump. So she is asking to hate me, and I'm assuming many of you listening are the kinds of people that she is asking to hate. The people who are happy 
to have me over for dinner, but alert the neighborhood watch anytime an unrecognized person of color passes their house. All right, another form of this nice racism that they are talking about. In other words, they are promoting this idea that black people can't trust anyone. That if someone invites you over to their house, if someone smiles at you, if someone is nice to you, you should assume that they are actually racists. Furthermore, you should pray to God that they would hate or that you would hate them. The, the, the nice, happy people that invite you over to their house for dinner. That's what she is saying. Those are her words. And also, this is a somewhat important point that will come up later, but she is identifying this as a problem, and I would say it is a problem, actually, to see an unrecognized person of color and to imagine that just because that individual is black that they are a thug or a criminal, all right? That is racist. That is wrong. I would condemn that. I would speak out against that. If you are doing it solely because of the color of their skin, that is, by definition, racism. But I want you to keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that later. Further describing the people that she wants to hate, she says the people who welcome black people in their churches and small groups, but brand us as heretics if we suggest that Christianity is concerned with the poor and the pressed. All right, give me one example of that. Give me one example of a church that calls black people heretics because they suggest that Christianity is concerned with the poor and the oppressed. Give me one example of that. And I would say it is wrong. Even then, I would not say that you should hate those people. The people who politely tell us that we can leave when we call out the racial microaggressions we experience in their ministries. But since I don't have many relationships with people like that, perhaps they are not a good use of hatred either. Lord, grant me then the permission and desire to hate the white people who claim the progressive label, but who are really wolves in sheep's clothing. Those who've learned enough history, read enough books, spent enough time in other countries to make themselves seem knowledgeable, even though that knowledge remains far removed from their hearts. Those who unex unexamined white supremacy bubbles up at times I'm not expecting it, when I have let my guard down and my heart open. Regardless of who these people are, I want to make one thing clear. Hating people is wrong, and I would venture to say it is even worse to hate people in the name of Christianity, which is what she is doing. And I want to read a little more. Lord, if it be your will, harden my heart. Stop me from striving to see the best in people. Stop me from being hopeful that white people can do and be better. Let me imagine them instead as white hooded robes standing in front of burning crosses. If you don't get that, that's a reference to the KKK. All right, and remember what I said earlier. She identified this as a problem, to see a black person and assume because of the color of their skin that he or she is a thug or a criminal. And remember I said that is wrong. That is 100% racist if you are doing it solely because of the color of their skin. And yet here she is asking God to help her do just that to white people, but to imagine instead of thugs or criminals, imagine them as 
KKK members. Let me imagine them instead as white hooded robes standing in front of burning crosses. That is what she wants. She is asking God to make her racist. And I'll read just a little more. Let me see them as hopelessly unrepentant, reprobate bigots who have blasphemed the Holy Spirit and who need to be handed over to the evil one. Let me be like Jonah, unwilling for my enemies to change, or like Lot, able to walk away from them and their sinfulness without trying to call them to repentance. Let me stop seeing them as members of the same body. And I'm going to stop there. But that should be your answer. If the left's definition of anti-racism is compatible with Christianity, everyone I know, literally everyone I know, could tell you that that is not biblical, that that is not pleasing to God. And that is the problem with critical race theory, with the left's version of anti-racism. I keep saying that because biblically we should be anti-racist, but just not in the way that left, the left defines anti-racism. Racism is wrong. And I've said this many times and I want to make it clear. And that, for that reason, we should reject critical race theory. It does not promote unity. Like they want to tell us that it does. It promotes hatred and distrust. Even if you do not go to the extreme that this woman has gone to, the inevitable outcome of teaching this is distrust. To tell people that you cannot trust someone because of the color of their skin, that you should not associate with someone because of the color of your skin, or their skin, or even furthermore that you should hate them. That promotes racism. That does not promote unity or healing or start conversations like all of these anti-racists supposedly want to do. If you want to talk about starting conversations, let me ask you, reading that devotional, if you believed every word in that woman's prayer, would that make you want to go have an honest, open conversation with white people? Truly talk about your experiences with racism or what they think on racism? No. It, would f it fills all people who subscribe to this ideology and are affected by it it fills them with a hatred and a mistrust for other people. In reality, what we should do is quite simple. We should adhere to the biblical standard for anti-racism, where we reject racism, plain and simple. Whether it be this kind of racism or the racism of slavery and Jim Crow and KKK, reject it, speak out against it, condemn it, but not to promote mistrust amongst each other. Let's have real conversations and start with the basic premise that each individual, regardless of skin color, regardless of gender, each individual was created in the image of an almighty God, created fearfully and wonderfully, and that our value, our worth, does not come from skin color, does not come from gender, does not come from these immutable characteristics that we cannot change. God designed us in a certain way, and critical race theory is increasing, not decreasing like they would want you to believe, increasing the amount of tension and 
hatred between people over those differences, those immutable characteristics that we cannot alter or change. So the cure is to reject this kind of hatred, to reject this kind of racism, and go to a biblical standard of loving people, loving your enemies, loving those that mistreat you. Now, that does not mean that we tolerate racism. That's not what I'm saying. But let's get to a point where we can have honest conversations. I truly want to have open, candid, honest conversations, but critical race theory does not promote those kinds of conversations. If critical race theory makes me feel because I am white, because I am privileged, because I don't understand what other people have been through, that I am not qualified to have conversations with them, if critical race theory makes black people assume that they should fear white people or maybe even hate white people like this woman wants to do, if critical race theory does all of those things, critical race theory does not promote unity. It does not promote conversations that can be productive and useful. And so in conclusion, I want to share a little bit of one of my favorite speeches in all of American history, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and some powerful words of advice and wisdom that he gives us. I want you to try to apply these words to your life because Martin Luther King's words do the exact opposite of critical race theory. These words will promote unity. These words will bring us together. These words can help us truly realize that each of us are created fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of an almighty God. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream 